0: Good evening, dear listener, and welcome to Volume 3, Episode 2 of Weekend at Crombies, where we will be discussing and shining a light on the film, Eric the Viking. <music>
1: Good evening, and welcome to episode two of our third season of Weekend at Crombies. Indeed. My name is Hugh. How about we do the one that goes tum 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 tum, tea tum tum? Um,
0: I don't have a quote this month because Hugh gave me less than one minute to think on my feet. But I do think that this episode of Weekend at Crombies is highly likely to be longer than the film. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Given, depending which film of course. Long.
1: <laughs> depends on the film and in fairness I gave you one minute and one month to think of a quote or something to say
0: <laughs> in fairness you did yes.
1: yes but but let us begin uh, for the the year is 1989 isn't and, it isn't it and we are we're setting sail with Eric the Viking
0: we are indeed uh,
1: directed by Terry Jones R.I.P. yeah And uh, without further ado then let's go straight into it
0: yes we don't so Eric the Viking Hugh uh, your choice so provide us with a a synopsis of the film
1: okay we will we will sail through this as quickly as the the crew themselves did so we begin uh, in a in kind of it's a dark opening and a a Saxon village is being raped pillaged and looted um, and every can a village uh, be raped I think they're giving it a good go (laughs) and I'll tell you something else Uh, with those of you. The listeners in the UK will be where we have been having some floods and I have been reading on no less output than the BBC that people are being evacuated.
0: (laughs) This is in South Wales as well, isn't
1: it? But I'm just saying people are being there, but people do not get evacuated unless it's with uh, an enema buildings are evacuated
0: oh I see I see what Um, you mean people are
1: evacuated buildings uh, people evacuated from buildings but uh, people themselves (laughs) are not evacuated and the BBC has been saying that people are being evacuated and that just doesn't track
0: I also I think you overestimate the uh, the the breadth of our listenership when you say for listeners in the UK you mean all all of our listeners then we're here it's us you you could
1: you could have just said James (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you leave now a wiser man but um, you've, you've pulled me off thread already <laughs> a village is being put to the sword um, and in fact it's it's. Um... It's in you know it's, it's it's in a no messing about way. There is this fire and there's swords and there's all this kind of stuff. And then a, a, a masked Viking breaks in um, to this uh, this helpless Saxon uh, Saxon maiden uh, making bread and kind of throws our her down. Hero, isn't it? He's yeah, our yeah. hero. But he throws her down, um, but he's not terribly keen to start raping her. Um, and when she kind of calls him out on this, he uh, he looks all kinds of sheepish and takes his helmet off. And it turns out it's our hero Eric the Viking, who uh, is who confesses to her um, that he's not really keen on the raping part of. Uh, he likes looting and pillaging yeah
0: and that's eric played by tim robbins
1: played by tim robbins um, oscar
0: winner tim robbins
1: and uh, and again the year uh, the uh, his victim helga played by samantha bond
0: yeah exactly of of um the james bond franchise
1: i don't believe and that to
0: all our player listeners player. in the uk <laughs> <laughs> the james bond franchise you'll, you'll be well aware of <laughs>
1: <Good> <laughs> going. It, it is quite a niche interest yeah but um this this is actually the first kind of the, uh, the subversion of uh, of, uh, of the trope where basically Eric the Viking is a bit of a shy and sensitive soul and uh, would rather have a, a an, an emotional connection with his victims um, rather than just ravage them. Yeah, he
0: just yeah. wants to talk, doesn't he?
1: Wants to talk. So, uh, so, to Helga. Yeah. so she, Helga is both um, probably a little bit charmed by how happy he is, but also um, kind of annoyed that he's come in and burned down her village uh, for the for the sake of this. Uh, but then two other much meaner Vikings burst into the. Uh, the uh, the room, one of which played by Jim Broadbent. Um, yes. Um, but they they kind of uh, immediately try and to assault Helga for real. So Eric has to fight them off and kill them. Um, he's not terribly good at doing this because in killing the second Viking, he also managed to run his sword accidentally through Helga and kills her too. Um, yes. So this is kind of this is the 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 initiation point where Eric thinks there must be something more to all this just mindless killing because you know poor Helga now drifts away and uh, he, someone must do something. So jump back to uh, Eric's village. Uh, it's it's a, a straight from the books Viking village. Everyone is feasting and fighting and meeting <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and lobbing axes at, at winches who are tied to the wall, this kind of stuff. And Eric goes off to the mountains to consult the wise woman, Freya, um, played by Eartha Kitt. Uh, Has Eartha Kitt been in any other film? Uh she, she was Catwoman in the TV series. Oh, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I say this though, she's pretty good. She is, yes, yeah, yeah. She's an effective Freya that, Yeah, she, she, she has a, an air of mysticism, and I. And a, we can we'll jump into this she I think seems, seems to think she's in a different movie because actually her she she gives a very kind of you know otherworldly because basically yeah. Freya, Freya imparts to Eric the reason why all this is happening is that Fenrir the wolf has swallowed the Sun and they're in the mythical time of Ragnarok where basically men go mad because Eric actually has a conversation saying oh is it summer or winter and it's snowy and grey and horrors oh it's summer it's like I love it um, yeah. so clearly the world has gone dark and men are, are killing brother is killing brother and everything's gone wrong but that's because the in the age of Ragnarok and the only way to end this is to uh, find the land of high Brazil which is essentially Atlantis um, find the horn resounding and blow it three times um, the first will go to Asgard the second will wake the gods and the third will bring them home and once the gods are awake the age of Ragnarok will end and it will be well.
0: Um, Asgard of course being the the, the plane the kind of the, the place where the gods live yes in yeah. Norse mythology
1: very good. Uh, Thank you. For, for anyone not it's familiar. Not as, it's, it's not as entertaining as your evacuation story. <laughs> but it is education, that's important. For anyone who's not seen the Marvel movies. Um, well, you know, me. <laughs> I know
0: Asgard and Ragnarok from Norse mythology. And also the Eric Marvel, the Viking. That's it. Um, um, that's how I know Ragnarok and Asgard. You know, I read books. Uh,
1: but I, as I was saying, uh, she's very good, actually. she She gives a very otherworldly... Um, yeah, she is. Performance about this, um, and and then we cut back to the uh, the village, um, which is much more comically raucous, <laughs> which includes Mickey Rooney as uh, as Eric's grandfather. Um, and Mickey, to be fair, is kind of phoning it in <laughs> in terms of his performance, <laughs> yes. but he seems to have a better sense of what the movie is because he's on set. Was Earth I think was you know just in a cave for an afternoon's work. I think be I think Earth,
0: the Kit was probably just playing herself yeah, that's true really she, you know, from my my recollection of Eartha Kitt that's basically her kind of yeah. a, a bit a bit weird and otherworldly
1: yeah and, and she plays it well she's a good character she plays it well but
0: whereas, whereas all, all of the all of the kind of villagers they remind me of Muppets <laughs> they're, they're all kind of like extreme you know, do everything's really extreme. They're all shouting, and laughing. They could easily. Be members, yeah. They're, they're, the violence is extreme, comedy, but you know, still extreme.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there is. Yeah. The, the 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 feasting hall has one of the Viking ladies uh, tied to the wall with her braids pinned to race <laughs> while, while drunken Vikings lob axes at it. Yeah. Um, in fact, there is actually the scene at the very end when they're all the Vikings are clinging onto each other for dear life. It could be taken from a Muppet movie. Well. Yeah, it could be,
0: couldn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But
1: uh, nonetheless, we Frey has given Eric basically the 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 plot of the movie saying you've, you know the only way to end this this age of violence which Eric seems to be the only person interested in doing mm. is to sail to 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 find the horn get to Asgard wake the gods bish bash bosh we're all done so Eric goes back to his village and basically through the medium of saying I'm not afraid to do it. He was afraid. He convinces all his men. Like he 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 does a speech saying we must wake the gods, and everyone's going. We don't want to do that. We like fighting and fighting. He goes. Well, I'm not afraid to try. And this (laughs) bit of reverse psychology is enough to get him a crew. It's necessary
0: as well because because despite being Ragnarok, no one is really that bothered. No,
1: they're they're loving it. uh... Yeah, they're
0: loving it. Yeah. So he's really the only one thinking. I'm not enjoying this wintry. Vista. Yeah even, even, else, yeah, even the guys yeah, who are killing it's each other. The reverse psychology,
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. even the guys who are killing each other and again, and yeah, all this random violence, they're still quite happy with it. But uh, but Eric gets his crew together of uh, again an assortment of ragtags and uh, minor English actors. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as, as he's preparing this, we have a little subplot, which is uh, a kettle blacksmith. Uh, is, is, has, a, has an evil assistant Loki. Um, they are all called Loki. No one ever twigs this. Um, played by Anthony Cher
0: Yeah.
1: And they, the the blacksmith's apprentice work out that if uh, if the sword age ends, people will stop buying so many swords. So they have an obligation to uh, to thwart this mission. So uh, so Kettle joins the crew to sabotage them on one side, and Loki uh, sneaks off to talk to what we can only assume is like the uh the godfather of this this ragnarok age called yeah. Halfdan the black um yeah. he's
0: played by john cleese played
1: by john cleese uh, and the inversion here is that half Dan is a very lightly spoken mild-mannered warlord um yeah. who nonetheless meets out the most hideous punishments to anybody yeah. he comes yeah. across so he's lightly spoken but the words he's saying are quite hideous <laughs> yes flay him alive strip the best of his bones from his yeah. meat, and chop his head off um so, the, But the Halfdan, obviously twigs at that, so sort the of Halfdan and Loki and all of Halfdan's evil crew are chasing Eric to stop him from doing this, um, and Eric sets sail. Uh, their first big mission is they, they find, we should have mentioned, one of the side notes is the crew is joined by uh, Harold the Missionary, who is uh, the yeah. local Christian and general butt of jokes, because he doesn't believe in anything that... That the Vikings believe in so when they so whenever they see he doesn't see it and uh, so for example they their first mission is to see the, the dragon of the North Sea that is guarding the gates of the world Um, they must fight their way through it which they eventually do they they make the dragon sneeze them off a hundred miles uh, into yeah. the ocean um, at this point how is going what are you all talking about there's no <laughs> dragon there it's a of rubbish <laughs> yeah, and uh,
0: Howard's played by Freddie Jones, a classic um, British character actor. Yeah, um, but you know the the, the 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 crew is is a you, you, you you've said it really, you it's a it's a ragtag of um, British character comedic actors. You know, you've got Tim Tim McKinnery is it McKinnery? Tim McKinnery, McKinnery, yeah, okay, yeah. Tim McKinnery. You've got John Gordon. With more hair than you've ever you've seen got... him have before. <laughs> yeah, no, you've got you've got Freddie Jones. Um, yeah, there's, it's it's a uh, there's a, a there's a lot of Sinclair. there's a lot of um not necessarily famous actors but you'd know all of them if you saw. it. I'm surprised that John Sessions wasn't in it to be honest.
1: <laughs> oh, he was doing Bounty at this time. He had his own boat. Oh,
0: that's right? true. Yes, of course he was <laughs>
1: yeah. in Bounty. But it yeah. is it is very much that 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 uh, vibe. And they, there's some couple of good gags in it and this kind of stuff. But they, uh, having been sneezed out into the middle of the sea, they immediately um, discover the land of High Brazil, uh, where again there's a, something of a culture shock. Will the Vikings storm aboard and find? Um, what you can only describe as uh Imogen Stubbs playing a Disney princess <laughs> because yeah. she's basically uh lounging around wearing the the skimpiest of, of togas and and blinking a lot through enormous eyes <laughs> yeah. princess Aud. princess Ord yes um yeah. and so they, they they once think oh my god this is disgusting she's wearing no clothes how this is terrible and they uh when they realize they reach high Brazil they they jump up and down waving their swords um
0: and she obviously she, has a fit, doesn't she?
1: Because, she, she, she asks, "What, what are these yeah. metal things? You're waving in your hand. These are our swords." She goes, "Oh my god!" Because yeah. the land of High Brazil is cursed. Uh, that if any drop of blood is shed in anger, the entire island will sink. And this is explained to them by Ord's father, King Arnulf, uh, played by none other than Terry Jones himself. Um, mm-hmm. And it is here that really sets the tone of the High Brazilians as the the tweest campest. Nation ever lived. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he, they, they, basically, he says that because they can, no violence can be committed on Brazil. They've sort of. Their society's evolved into a very camp-friendly, nicest yeah. people.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's yeah, it's, it's the kind of society that, that that would evolve if there was no conflict. Yeah. You know, effectively, a society that is that is hellish.
1: Yeah, the the, the, yeah, the <laughs> hellishly pleasant. Yeah, well, the Vikings are horrified by all this. Uh, they're yeah. like, how do how do you how do you take revenge? The, yeah. uh, King Arnold's like, we all have to be just terribly nice to each other <laughs> all the time. And of course, Terry Jones
0: plays King Arnold. King Arnold in this kind of. High pitched, white, not whiny perhaps, but certainly a high pitched, kind of um, uh, uh, twee, um, floaty kind of voice. Very Terry Jones.
1: Yes. Um, and if I get it, it's, it's interesting that uh, King Arnulf has a lot more business to do than the plot requires him to do mm, because there's mm. an entire uh, subplot where they, the, the High Brazilians want to perform their music for Eric's crew and after yeah. a long thing of um, you don't want to hear our music and he, he makes Eric beg him to play their music just wheels out this hideous clanging mechanism and as all the all the High Brazilians let loose this cacophony of t tums t tums yes. <laughs> and, and it is terrible isn't it, is, it is awful and he demands that Eric tells him the truth and when Eric says he doesn't like it he bursts into tears and says I want to die oh my god we're just not a music <laughs> A, it's actually impressively bad as well it so, is. you know
0: it's 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 like the um it's like the les dawson thing that it takes a lot of it takes a lot of skill to play the piano that badly yeah um and it it's the music isn't in any way musical <laughs> which is really clever there's it, not it, it, it's, it's like they were no, it, it never it literally never hits any of the notes
1: yeah, it's actually quite a feat to make, yeah,
0: not one note follow the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in itself, that is quite musical in
1: some <laughs> respects, if that makes sense. Yes, i want to on the soundtrack, though. <laughs> no. um, and, and again, du- during this this uh, dirge, uh, Princess <coughs> Ord uh, continues to wink at Eric, which is basically the, the, the film saving time and saying that they're going to get it on. And sure enough, in the next scene, they have. Yeah. Um, Eric, Eric is in bed with Ord, although it's, it's interesting that Ord has uh, become completely... Um, enraptured by eric's mission eric's quest to to end the age of darkness on the planet is uh orders now taking us on and wants wants to be part of this and in fairness she seems to have her head screwed on so being trapped in high brazil this probably seems like a good thing a quest you can actually do something with your life so it it explains why she does that well it we... hasn't,
0: being trapped in high brazil hasn't affected her like it's affected everyone else yeah. but equally i do find it slightly odd that she's so enraptured in the romanticism of eric's uh voyage given that she has never experienced bad weather she <laughs> doesn't true. know what it's like she lives on this idyllic island
1: yeah i think uh, given this is a 79 minute movie they just had to speed it along pretty quickly uh, although interesting eric is eric has sort of got his end away for the first time is more uh is, is more enraptured by the idea that he's had sex um and less even though he's still in love with helga and she's in love with eric and not too bothered about the fact that they've had sex because apparently that's not a new thing for her um which but, is,
0: of, of course, very disturbing to Eric.
1: Yes, yes he, <laughs> yes. he gets very alpha about all this business, saying, who yes. else have you slept with? Um, but at which point there's a knock on the door and uh, King Arnulf bursts in. Um, where point Eric leaps up stark naked, um, but Ord uh, throws a magical cloth, which is basically a brown tea towel, on his head. Uh, which apparently is, has the power of invisibility so uh, King Arnold can't see Eric and there's an entire scene where basically um, Tim Robbins is uh, is holding his goods in his hand whilst uh, Terry Jones cannot see him but paces around the room trying to find Ord's hidden lover yeah. um, It's interesting because y-
0: you don't actually realise and know until after the scene is finished um, that he's wearing a, a, a cloak of invisibility almost yes, um, so what you, what you see is Terry Jones' King Arnold just walking around Eric the Viking, pre- pretending not to see him and not being able to see him. And it, I, I I, couldn't remember this scene at all. And I was thinking, is this like one of those things that is just like the music? You know, it's, <laughs> it just so happens that they just can't sing or play music. And it, it, it just so happens he's really unobservant. <laughs> but no, but that, and then I was like, oh yeah, of course. It's a of invisibility. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense.
1: But, uh, <laughs> but as soon as this ended, it is on the horizon half Dan the Black's evil longship has appeared. Um, and it's it's beating its drums and heading right for Eric's little crew. And the, uh, the as Eric runs out to join them, the 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 music of Halfdan is sapping the courage from even the fiercest of Eric's Vikings. So he he realizes he must counter this with a magic of his own. So he runs back up the uh, that back up towards uh, house. In fact, he, he scales the walls. Um, and then yeah. when he he climbs over the top, she points out there's a stairway that he could have used quite handily. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> without without pausing for explanation, he he takes the, the invisible cloak and and runs back to his men. And throws it on his head, and look goes, Ta da! You see what happens? And Eric, at this point, doesn't realise that the men are not taken in by this. They can see him perfectly. With the exception of Harold, the, the, the missionary, who he is taken in, which I thought was a nice touch saying that you have to be of a certain mind, and Harold and Arnold are clearly of one mind. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but so Eric, under the impression that he can't be seen, um leaps on board a half dance ship and starts insulting all his men and and running around going, "Boo and I you can't see me, and, <laughs> and I'm the wind uh, and this and they're obviously they're really disturbed, are not they yeah they're uh, not used to people even, running or fighting them or even just dancing around saying boo." <laughs> Yeah, because uh, again, there, as all this, because he's basically shoving them off board and this kind of stuff. And at one point, he even goes nose to nose with John Cleese, lifts up his cloth, and goes, "Now you see me, now you don't," and dashes off. And John Cleese just going, "What?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but this behaviour, his men don't know why Eric is doing this. They think he's he's basically he's leading them with insane courage, and that inspires them all. They all run aboard. Yeah. Um, and uh, we should actually mention the slave revolt at this point. This in the uh, the. Uh, in the, in the the bowels of Halfdan's ship, how all the galley slaves chain to the thing, and the slave master is played by uh, Tsumo Sakin? Uh, Sakine, right. again a Japanese actor. In a scene which I probably say has not aged well. No, it has not
0: <laughs> aged well at
1: all. He's basically he's basically wandering around whipping the slaves while this uh, all these subtitles come up with. Um, I yeah,
0: I, I despise you 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 identical looking uh Vikings with your um what was it with kind of with with your um Your your, your joint depth
1: writing yeah, and yeah, your, your failure to eat like little boxes. <laughs>
0: So basically, a role reversal of all of the kind of racial stereotypes of yeah. of, of the Japanese of kind of western audiences that they have its yeah. it's kind of like a role reversal of that you 're right though it hasn 't aged well at yeah. all
1: and you know having someone shout at a crew calling them "heavy rice pudding eaters is funny in one way, but yeah it is, yeah. Uh, it did uh, it, it certainly strayed way way too far um and, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's a misstep, isn't it? It is a misstep, but uh, anyway, this slave, this slave master, is quickly overcome by the slaves too. So the slaves join the revolt, and actually Eric's inspir- inspirational performance has led his crew to defeat Halfdan, who, who hightails it away in a little rowing boat, uh, and and victory is theirs. Indeed. So, uh, and in fact, they, they unearth Loki in the ship. Loki is was disguised amongst Halfdan's crew, and he quickly fast talks his way out of it, saying, "I just snuck aboard to, to sabotage Halfdan. I'm on your side, Eric," um, and so. All is well. The day is one and uh, they all have celebrations. Uh, so as they're now sleeping back on High Brazil and Loki steals the mouthpiece from the horn um, and tells Ketel he's going to throw it, a bo- throw it into the sea so they can stop the horn from blowing. Uh, and as they're in the act of doing this, one of the Vikings catches them and wants to know what they're doing. And as uh, K- Ketel tries to explain what's happening, Loki stabs him from behind, causing that fateful drop of blood to mm-hmm. fall from his knife. And that's it. Once uh, it splashes on High Brazil, it wastes no time at all in sinking. <laughs>
0: Yeah, which which leads to the another co- the, the the next comic set piece uh which is which is um Terry Jones King Arthur and um uh, you know, trying well, look, to explain yeah. to the uh, the residents, the population um, of high Brazil, that, that in fact the the island isn't sinking, Yes. Um, even though it, 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 it demonstrably is sinking yeah, all around thinking. the land.
1: At a, at a very quick pace, uh, everyone yeah. is huddled together on this, this small island of rock and literally uh, a foot a second, someone is disappearing yeah. under the water as Terry yeah. Jones points out that uh, obviously the threat of violence has kept us safe for, for hundreds of years, it clearly can't be sinking therefore, so let's form a committee and we'll work out what's happening but you know, let's have a nice song yeah, yeah. and um and it gets so ord actually escapes on eric's because all the vikings jump on the long ship and and, and survive ord is yelling for king aloft to come aboard with her and he kind of he, his last words before he bubbles underwater is i have far more experience in this than you my dear and i think i know if we're sinking or not <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which I will say again is a scene again it was 1989 it's somehow a lot more prescient in 2020 that the uh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, the institutions <laughs> refused to believe that their climate is changing until they're literally two feet under the water um, but but that's the the second uh, the, the second act so now they're they're well on their way now the horn so the horn is finally they find the mouthpiece because it wasn't thrown in the water or managed to to rescue it so they blow it uh, the first time um, at which point it catapults them off the edge of the world um, Literally off the edge of the world at this point because they uh, they believe in that the world has a, a, an edge, so they're going off there. Harold Mishimi is again insisting it doesn't exist, but they <laughs> yeah. uh, but they they, they see total <laughs> denial. Yeah, he, at this point Harold Mishimi is not seeing yeah. anything that they're all seeing, so they're literally looking over the edge of the edge of the flat Earth as they fly into the heavens, uh, arrive at Valhalla. Um, they blow their horn again to wake up the gods, and they all um, wander into Asgard, where uh, again Eric actually again it's. It, it's funny how his quest was to, to end Ragnarok, but his real quest was to find Helga, uh, because that's all oh, he was really, he was really after. Um, uh, Helga is kind of uh, not that impressed to see him actually. He's, he's fairly he's... nonplussed, isn't she really? Well, no, she she she's she, she... Kind of like, well, why have you done this? Yeah, but she, well, she, she remains she remains her, her kind of a self because like you know they're, they're wandering into the, the these darkened mystical halls of the dead spirits, and Helga's there and just looks up again. Oh look, it's Mr Wonderful. <laughs> And she goes, well, Look, I'm dead. What do I want to go back to the land of the living for? Yeah. Um, and in fact, again, Helga is kind of like making bread in, in Valhalla, which is what she was doing on planet Earth anyway. So, really, her situation it's is no not have no. really? So, you can see her point of view why she doesn't want to go back again. Um, but uh, So, they meet the gods, um, which, again, in the, the next inversion, the gods are all little children.
0: They are. And quite unruly little children as well. Spoiled brats, perhaps.
1: Yeah, well they they are the gods. They're not terribly interested in ending the age of violence. Even though again they've burned the horn now so Ragnarok has ended The 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 wolf has gone and etc they do point out that that's not going to stop people killing each other so you know why up Eric <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, then they point out that oh, by the way since you've all come into the gods you don't get a place in Valhalla where the the warriors slain in battle do. you get to go to hell so they, uh, they they throw them all into a fiery pit um, and literally Eric and all his all his friends get sucked down this 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 pelpit which leads to Eric being you know clinging on to the edge with literally 20 Vikings hanging off his legs
0: Just to add, as well, in, North myth, in Norse mythology, Hugh, hell is spelled with one L.
1: Thank you, James. Yes, because hell is also a person. Um, I, <laughs> and in, <laughs> and so I'm, I'm recovering my. <laughs> Your poise. I've recovered my poise after you've dropped that knowledge on me. <laughs> but of course, what they. They're, they're, they're ace in their sleeve is Harold the missionary who, not believing is. in Asgard or Valhalla or the gods, has been walking through these walls as if they don't exist and has been yeah. completely unaffected by anything. So he's wandered off back to the boat where the horn is uh, the resounding is still there, blows the third note, which returns them all um, to, to home.
0: Despite not believing in anything that yes. he's seeing or hearing he still decides to blow the
1: horn well he was it was all too convinced her to do it um yeah she again she she's, <laughs> know what the plan is but he he did say i just want to go home which i can think he can yeah. believe he wants to go home <laughs> um but uh yes yeah, so they all they all appear back in their little village of ravensfield where the, the final stinger is uh was it uh yeah. was it uh half done the, half done the black uh Eric yeah, John half, is half, yeah half,
0: half down the black, half yeah. the black. has all uh, the villagers then? tied
1: up yeah, so throw down your arms or we'll kill the villagers and they have to throw down their arms and now he's ha ha I'm going to kill you anyway at which point Harold in the long ship appears from the sky and squashes half down <laughs> <laughs> um, in a very Monty Python way of wrapping the plot. Yeah, up. <laughs> that's true
0: actually. Yeah, it's like the big foot that comes down.
1: Yeah, and and, and that's it. Eric is now uh, has his arm around uh, yeah Princess Ord, uh, All the men are, are cheering and hugging and each other in manly expressions, uh, and that's it. The the sun rises actually, which is what has never happened over the village before. So the yeah. uh, the age of Ragnarok is over, as is the film.
0: And that is it. And that it's a it. whistle stop 79 minutes.
1: It is a whistle or, or longer. Or... It depends on which cat you saw. <laughs> yeah, well, that is that true. Yes, that's true. Yes. But, uh, Nonetheless, that was it. So let's dig Indeed. into the analysis. We, I think, we got through at a good pace. After you challenged me for that I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> do this in shorter. I think we were most efficient. I didn't even name any of the Vikings, of which I know all the names. Did, and when it, yeah, wa- I noticed that as well, actually. Do you know what? I was, well, we can get into yeah, that, can't we? Yeah, but then, again, I, I was aware of the too late the hero, and I thought I know these Vikings, I know how and when they died and what happened. But let's stick to the plot. Let's let's get these guys home.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so on that on that basis, we we'll, um, we'll take. A, a short break indeed. and then we'll return with the um, some uh, analysis and a discussion of the themes of the film indeed welcome back dear, dear listener um, as uh, you've been hopefully enjoying the uh, synopsis of Eric the Viking volume 3 episode 2 of uh, Weekend at Crombies um, so after uh, a, a, a double James Evans choice in December and January Um, Hugh um, decided to bring out his big guns, as it were, um, Eric the Viking, Um, I I believe in principle um, in in homage to to Terry Jones. But perhaps, Hugh, you can give us a a little overview as to why specifically you chose the film, what what it it kind of means to you, and and, um, some of the kind of key key themes of the film from your perspective. And I'll I'll interject and and
1: chip in. um, When you give me the chance... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> thank you james <laughs> um you're you're entirely right the the reason we're doing it this month was again the, the death of terry jones in january um which which pushed it to the fore but it was always on my my little well, short yes. list of um, so i was going to say was
0: it on the radar anyway
1: it absolutely was it's it's it for me it fills up um a lot of what makes a weekend at crombies film for me um mm-hmm. Again, it's from a formative time in my childhood. I believe it was commercially unsuccessful, um, yeah. and generally forgotten. Um, but again, by me, uh, for some reason, very well viewed. I, I caught this probably in the early 90s. In fact, it was in the early 90s. I know this for a fact because I, I had the... Uh, not only did I see the movie, um, I had the Eric the Viking graphic novel... Um, Oh, God. (laughs) Of course you did. Is that
0: on your shelf next to the Harry and the Hendersons (laughs) novella?
1: (laughs) No, but I'll I'll tell you what is still in in my bookshelf, because I checked before I did this, is my Eric the Viking screenplay. um, (laughs) (laughs) Which is, again, is a rote screenplay from the movie, which I not only read vociferously, but carried around with me into my... um, Year into, two, into your 30s. into my into my year two drama classes in in high school, in the hope that someone would one go one day go. Has anyone got any scenes we could do from anything? <laughs> and I go, yes, I do. I have an Eric the Viking script. And um, with without giving away spoilers, never happened, though, that never it? happened. They 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 but the drama teachers had their own plans and were taking suggestions from the floor. But would there ever to be an open mic night in <laughs> our drama class? I was ready with my Eric the Viking script. <laughs>
0: It's like the scene in the Simpsons where uh it's a uh, an episode where Homer's a a a, a, ch- a young child and it's kind of like a story about his his formative years and he has a um uh, he's trying to make friends um with kind of local children and they've set up a a, a little kind of um a little gang I suppose really and um Homer asks if he can join the gang, and they say, oh, "No, Homer. Sorry, can't you see? No Homers allowed." <laughs> um, and Homer points points to this person in 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 the um, in the treehouse called Homer, and he says, "But Homer's in there. <laughs> yeah, no Homers allowed, Homer. <laughs> we'll allowed one Homer." I'm not sure <laughs> where I was going with that. Something about you you um, kind of just hanging around, cool. Types I a, actually types at school with the, the Viking screenplay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was more like A Star Is Born, where you know I'm just I'm just waiting for the lead to break their leg yes, that's what it is. and saying, oh, the lead's broken his leg, and f- we're doing a different play at the same time. Does anyone have a play? And do you know what? Think... The, this this is bad podcasting, but I, for the visual, I am sending you a picture of me holding my script in in real time, so you can know that, it, that this is this is a thing. I didn't make this up. This is me with uh, with you know today's newspaper and out the Viking script. <laughs>
0: You have a very, very distinctive understanding of the term cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is unique. <laughs> and I, yeah, I I, can vouch, dear listener, I'm currently looking at a, a, a photograph of Hugh with his Eric the Viking uh, screenplay.
1: <laughs> very good. I mean, yeah. that's what it is that's a new way so i think we're look but, well happy as well <laughs> who wouldn't be um so i i think again it's, it's what, what what was there to say about why i chose this film <laughs> you know, yeah i
0: think uh, I th- yes i think we are opening some uh doors that have been locked yeah. for a very long time
1: <laughs> well actually that's the other thing is uh, the reason why it was a good choice for um weekend of is i've not seen this film i think since my my oh. mid-teens i've um not owning a VHS. Movie. If something happens <laughs> <laughs> Well, again, the internet didn't happen, you know, this is mm. a, well, if you don't have a VHS of it, you're not gonna watch it. And I think I didn't ever own a copy of it or, or record it from the T V so I must have hired I <clears throat> must have seen it like have a blockbuster hire. And then yeah, got yeah. the script and read the graphic novel, but never revisited it ever um until until this gave us course to so i was I was going off memory, which it turns out my memory is pretty good of this movie because mm-hmm. we saw the seventy nine minutes director's cut, and there were scenes cut that were in the the v h s blockbuster release um that I immediately clocked, thinking that wasn't in there.
0: Ah, really yeah okay so it's probably worth explaining to viewers that, that there are a number of different versions of eric the viking which i think is probably um evident of um a, a perhaps tr- not, not necessarily troubled production per se but but the the, the lack of commercial success that, that it witnessed um so that the, 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 the uh, from what i understand the cinematic release was 107 minutes long yeah um and uh, Terry Jones was not satisfied with that he felt that the pacing was wrong and that there was quite a lot of kind of I suppose chaff in the film and so um, on the release of the VHS um, uh, recording he produced a director's cut which was 79 minutes long um, or 75 minutes long can't, <laughs> can't quite figure out which one because we've seen different versions of it but effectively there was a version that cut nearly half an hour yeah. out of um, the cinematic release and you know, you've know you
1: seen both versions haven't you Hugh? I have and interestingly um, he's he's not wrong about the pacing because there are three things that are in the, in the movie that are of note that were cut and everything else is literally just longer bits of things that exist already. Mm. The three things and one of which is very weird is, is that, um, the, and I think this is meant to be a joke is you as as the men are all getting ready to leave we all get to meet the vikings like we get to meet sven and thorfinn and sven's dad and then there's one rather young viking saying goodbye to his pregnant wife and saying um she she gives him a token saying for luck and he goes oh yeah they call me leaf the lucky and in fact there's a bit of mention when they all sit on the boat i want to sit next to leaf he's lucky and literally as they leave the dragon and the dragon sneezes them out for their first adventure one of the vikings falls overboard to his death and it's leaf (laughs) who was that (laughs) that was leaf the lucky so they put a lot of like they, they, in, in any ordinary movie they, 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 you'd know who the camera's on thinking I must watch that guy he's had his own scene and he's something and he gets killed immediately so I think maybe yeah. that might have been an undercutting or maybe the actor got sick and they thought let's just write him out but, it um, but then when they all return from, from Valhalla because actually they rescue all the dead crewmen as they all escape anyway so actually no one from his crew really dies uh, in, the, in, the, in the big huzzars Leaf is then shown cradling what is now his newborn child so it feels yeah. like there was a tiny little arc for an incredibly minor character that was removed <laughs> um <laughs> The, uh, the well, not other, anymore. No, not anymore. The other, <laughs> the other, uh, again, cut in it is, um I come into this, into the, in the analysis, Tim McKinnery plays uh, a berserk called Sven the Berserk. Um, yeah. and, and Quite well, a good character. He is that? a good character. His, his character is mostly that he... Um, he goes berserk at the wrong things. Um, but again, berserk as in the Viking thing of the guy who goes crazy in the fight and leads them all. So he either goes berserk at the wrong things. Like at one point, he tries to headbutt the dragon, um, which is seen as not a good use of being berserk. Or he can't work himself up at the right moment um, because when they're fighting their big battle, his dad is is the one telling him, "Go on, go on, give it one, give me a minute, Dad, i have not got up to it yet." Um, yeah. His dad drives him crazy. Actually, there's a very funny scene when you introduce it where he's trying to. His dad is is lecturing him, and he's not he's, he's not taking he's not listening um, to what uh, Sven is trying to say. At which point. McKinnery just screams I've heard it a thousand times and headbutts a, sh- a, he- a, shed <laughs> and <laughs> a shed to destruction he just knocks his head all the way through a shed which is hilarious um, he is,
0: yeah. but and he's uh, obviously gone berserk and his dad is like looking at him like, because
1: oh, yeah, you've wasted your red mist you can't do it like that Spence dad is a great character
0: actually. yeah and actually that is a very very good impression
1: oh yeah <laughs> <Spence> dad, <laughs> it's a responsibility being a berserk um, <laughs> Again, well, again, we're diving into analysis, but again, this, this, this scene now, so um, in, the, in the big fight scene we with Halfdan's men, and Sven has not yet worked up to it, and actually Sven's dad is niggling him saying, look Eric, can go berserk, why can't you? <laughs> um, uh, and uh, what happened was, uh, so um, Thorfinn, who is, is one of the other Vikings, who's a... Uh, Sli- best friend uh, constant sparring partner with Sven gets killed Borfin Skulls, borefinned bitter. skulls bitter, played by uh, the name escapes me, but he always plays big tough guys or big dumb yeah, guys it's, um, it's Richard Ridings Richard Ridings yeah you'll know if you saw him because he yeah. plays for, the, for like 10 years 15 years he played that kind of character on British yeah. TV um, he gets struck down and Sven now at the death of his <coughs> friend um, goes berserk and actually turns the tide of the battle and what what's that that's shown on the 79 minutes cuts what's left out is about a Minute beforehand, you just get a close-up of Tim McKinney's face, red-eyed, as foam just builds around his lips and builds and builds and builds until he screams. And I, I remember it because it's quite disturbing. Um, and then, then he just goes berserk, and what you get is him going berserk. And to be fair, um, you get that uh, once he's doing that, you get a close-up of Sven's dad give him a little nod, going, "Yeah, that's my boy." And it's like it's really quite sweet, isn't it? Yeah, you think why is it, Why,
0: why did he cut that out then?
1: <laughs> yeah, because um,
0: this... what's the difference between 79 minutes and 83 minutes? It's still short, isn't it?
1: I'll, I'll show you. Okay, I, can, I can send you the the uh, this timestamp of when this Tim McKinney thing and when you oh. see it, you'll know why yeah. it was cut because it is haunting. <laughs>
0: this is this is dynamic listenership, isn't it? <laughs> You've sent me a photograph, and you're going to send me a clip now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we should mention the 79 minute version, which we both paid for and um, for streaming, yeah. is <laughs> is also there's a free YouTube version, which we could have just watched. Yeah, which, um, which we didn't, which didn't, know, didn't know. None of us. Know others could find it but of course we we support the industry and we would rather pay for a movie than watch it for free mm-hmm.
0: uh, it's the most expensive per minute film i've ever paid for <laughs> <laughs> like what? 4.99 for a 79 minute film
1: you paid 4.99
0: <laughs> no it's three pounds i can't it's 350 still i, mean, I
1: paid 349 i i'm I yeah, smart bastard <laughs> but, <laughs> but then there's this the, the one scene that actually i'm telling yeah. louise about um that she said, oh, those, those, those are quite funny, because actually the, the scene is, again, after the dragon has catapulted them out and the, the boat is now sinking before they reach high Brazil. Um, I can see why they cut it for time, but it actually has two funny gags in it. So the boat has been thrown out of the dragon. They've travelled hundreds of miles, they've now crashed, and the boat is sinking, so they all think they're going to drown. Um, the first thing they do, that is they're massive, as they're bailing frantically, is how the missionary goes, you know, you've got nothing to lose. Does anyone want to be christened? And one goes, okay, I'll do it. What does it involve? Well, I immerse you in water, him <laughs> up. which is a good gag I thought I said it nicely and then the second thing is they they all think they're going to die so they um they think well they're not going to drown they won't get to Valhalla they must kill each other so they all hold their swords and it's quite a solemn moment like Eric is kissing the blade of his sword and they all put it against each other's throat and they're going I'll see you in Valhalla and suddenly they bump on the the shores of high Brazil and they all just stop going how deep is the ocean it's normally very deep everybody don't kill anybody yet uh which again was two nice moments that uh that stuck with me and got cut. And I thought, oh funny, you should leave them in. This, this needed more gags.
0: I do like the fact that we've now reverted into synopsis <laughs> for for scenes that aren't even in the film.
1: Things you didn't see. <laughs> um but I think we've come okay, I we're wish now. I'd mentioned it now. <laughs> well, ironically this podcast will also have a director's cut where I fully synopsized the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah well I look forward to listening to that
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway um, I've I probably had my first swing in it so why don't you take you, you pick up the, uh, the the Viking battle axe and throw it a braid what, what was your analysis to me what was the first thing you'd like to pick up on <clears throat> well
0: I suppose the first thing to, to to mention I know that we've we've kind of banged on about this a little bit but it is actually the length of the film that we watched so the, the 79 minute version of the film is it, it's an interesting experience because, um, now, I have I have seen Eric the Viking before. I couldn't tell you what version of the film I've watched. Um, <laughs> I, describing I,
1: detailed things that you haven't yeah,
0: seen. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't really remember much about it, um, but I, I I know I have seen it before. And I probably would have seen it because it is it it would have been it's in the kind of like extended monty python universe isn't it yeah it's it's i wouldn't call it a core python film per se even though it is directed by terry jones but it's it's certainly in the extended python universe and i suppose yeah exactly yeah so i i I, um i uh, particularly i enjoy um jabberwocky which which is a a, a, a python film in the python universe even though it might not be a core python film which kind of has a similar vibe and feel to eric the viking i think in the sense that it's kind of grubby and um it, you know things are a bit a bit dirty and um it, it evokes the the kind of the, the world i guess quite effectively i think
1: yeah and i think uh, actually to, to borrow an aesthetic from um Again, the quest for the Holy Grail is the peasants are up to up to their knees in mud, and it kind of like that seems like that's the the mo of Terry Jones. Things. Yeah, if, it's, yeah,
0: we, it's he's a dirty it's past. The, you're right. Yeah, It's a kind of like he's he, he obviously he, you know he's he's a historian, isn't he? As, well, he was a historian. He yeah. he, he he's particularly fond of kind of um, Norse mythology and medieval um, kind of history and, and that kind of stuff as well. And that's kind of that shows that passion does show in, in in a film like Eric the Viking. So I guess I was you know. it it would have watched it because of that but i have to say the the, the film itself the 79 minute version of the film it, you're thrown right you're thrown literally right into the midst of the the plot as it were so there's no hanging around um the very first scene is the 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 scene where it's effectively trying to establish everything you need to know about eric the viking Within about the first two to three minutes of the film, yeah. um, and I'm not saying that it, I'm not saying that it doesn't do that. I think it does it quite effectively, but it's quite discombobulating. Um, and, and I think p- perhaps that there is something about the, the the truncation of the film that really I struggled a lot to begin with to know what on earth was happening. <laughs> 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 and that's, it's partly because I, I you know I, I don't have the same kind of nostalgic connection that you have to the film per se, but um, I certainly found it quite quite a difficult start to the film um and i you know i know that I know that it's a comedy I know that it's probably going to be one of those um kind of imaginative flights of fancies, but equally um you know it's basically uh, Tim Robbins is Eric the Viking um bursting through the door of a hut um and then you're straight into the conversation then you're straight into the fight, then you're straight into Eric. Going to see Freya, then you're straight into the the scenes in the village, then you're straight into the voyage, yeah. then you're straight into the straight in, straight in, straight in. Before you know it's finished. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that, um, I wouldn't necessarily say that's a bad thing, but that there was the whatever Terry Jones was doing with the 79 minute version, it was, he went the complete opposite to the 107 minute version. <laughs> and I just felt like there was no point of entry for me okay. um, in that process. I found it quite difficult to, to, to kind of, to kind of think about that. What I, what I liked about it though was the realization of the, the world. But I think that that is de rigueur for someone like Terry Jones, if that makes sense.
1: Okay. I think actually you're right. And um, in terms of the, 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 the the blunt opening. It's meant to be an inversion. You're meant to see this Viking warrior and all of a sudden again the um was it? It's uh it, it's basically when Samantha Bond goes, You've never done this before, have you? And it's suddenly it's it's, it's like if you like this start of um the life of Brian, when the, the wise men go into the wrong shed in the Holy Grail, instead of seeing yeah. Mary, they have Terry Jones screeching oh, are you? Um It's 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 meant to be that 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 pull the rug from under your feet version of it. It is, yeah. I think actually, again, to 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 jump right into again the 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 casting of it. I think one of the issues with it, and possibly one of the things with the. The, um, the film, is the, the lead himself, Tim Robbins. I uh, yeah, um, completely agree he's, he's, he's a hell of a mumbler. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he's miscast in this film. That's movie. the thing. If, yeah, you, if you, um, you're saying if he, in Shawshank that works, being quite a reserved character, um, or in something that's all about the dialogue, like The Headseeker Proxy. But in mm-hmm. Eric the Viking, you need a big character to, to carry that off. You needed someone to immediately stamp the film in that first scene. Well, I think personally, you needed someone more physical, yeah, you needed you needed a. I mean, that's that's
0: unfair, really, because Tim Robbins he's a he's a physical presence. You know, six yeah. foot four. He's he's yeah. a he's a big guy. But what I mean is, you need someone who's a more physical actor, I yes. guess. Really, yes. you need someone like Phil cool to be <laughs> to be Eric the No, but I mean, someone who is much more um, kind of steeped in um, kind of the, the circus or. Yeah. You know, something like that who can play on the kind of, you, you know, he needs to fall, or he needs to fall down more often, he needs to bump into things, he needs to be a bit clumsy, he needs to worry about some things. I mean, it, this would be miscast as well, but someone like um, um, Rowan Atkinson, yeah. you know, he's not he he isn't that kind of hero but that kind of physical rubberiness would have worked really well and tim robbins just doesn't have that
1: no i was thinking about that in terms of did they you know cast it with a lead american Um, and i thought would jeff Jeff goldblum have done a better job because that's the same kind of era John Lithgow, for example, ah <laughs> yeah, it's true though, isn't it? It is. I'm just thinking. Our default thing is John Lithgow would have done a better job, but you're right. It would have. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was, but, you know, I, mean, I don't think Tim Robbins does a bad job necessarily. He does. Uh, I... He does as as well as
0: he can with the with the material he's given. I
1: don't but know, the though, problem
0: I think, is, it with yeah. it is that the material he's given isn't. It doesn't play to his strengths.
1: No, but I think the material also needs to be elevated a bit by the performance. Um, yeah. Yes, you're right. I you're do right. wonder again. Given we talk about the the Python universe if if graham chapman had been leading this you know not was this written for graham chapman but was this written with a graham chapman mm, character in mind who mm-hmm. who's both physical and pompous and can get across that kind of both incompetence and leadership at the same time
0: mm. um, no i i yeah i, I think I, I do agree with that i mean there are there are some issues with the, with the casting as well i don't think oh, Mickey, to, before
1: you uh, finish with eric do you know who was originally cast for it before he would uh, declined? yes
0: it? it was tom hulse
1: yes amadeus
0: but- of of Amadeus fame, and uh, to be honest, I don't see the difference. <laughs> he feel, he looks exactly the same.
1: Yeah, I think Kevin is, Klein would have been good actually. Um, yeah, he perhaps. was the right he was the right kind of event. He is a, again a good physical presence, and again has the right mix of things. I think would would that Eric needed. Michael
0: Palin, you know,
1: I mean, <laughs> that, why not? Yeah, Yeah.
0: <laughs> why, why, why? I mean, the the American actor was obviously a choice. Yeah, but um, I think,
1: I think if we even, even to the point where um, Eric's mother, um, again, Mickey Rooney is also his grandfather. Eric's mother in in Ravensfield is given the most awful American accent, that presumably tie in Eric's bloodline, as people who yeah. talk sound like Americans.
0: Yeah, um, um, yeah, no, that, yeah, that's that's true, isn't it? Uh, I, there are there are some other um, kind of casting issues yeah, in the cool. film as well. So, so there, there's a lot of there's a lot of good casting in the film, but yeah. there are some I think. Problematic casting choices as well. I didn't think Mickey Rooney was. I mean, as as a as a kind of ca- an extended cameo goes, I, I I I could have done without him to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. Um. I know it's comedic, but it, I don't know. It, it. It. was a bit. It was a bit cringeworthy. I felt. Yeah. No, he
1: folded it in. It was really kind of. Let's yeah. Just... He really
0: did. Yeah. yeah. It was. It wasn't great. And I'll I'll be honest with you. I'm not. I'm not sure John Cleese was fully fully involved in the production as well um which, you know, he was it... also
1: another late minute addition oh was he yeah apparently because um the, the, the gagger with half down the black is he is the nicest man on earth who just happens to be the most evil warlord in mm. there and and um jack lemon was cast for it really which would have been a hilarious inversion <laughs>
0: Oh, blimey! Yeah, it would have been. I mean, that's that's yeah. Is that, can you There's, imagine? They I well, it was such an I odd. That I can imagine. That. I mean, yeah.
1: the,
0: the issue is that John Cleese has a bit of edge about him. So it, the, the the comedic the 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 set piece of. Um Half down the Black being the nicest, horrific person. Because that doesn't quite work because John Cleese has an edge.
1: Yeah, yeah. It it didn't anyway. really because yeah. it was the idea was yeah, you go to Half that and he's very gently saying, Look, I'm terribly sorry, but we're gonna have to do it. Why didn't you listen? But it is evil nonetheless. But if, <laughs> yeah. if they were trying to make it half down as yet yeah, as as says as a cuddly Mr. Nice guy, um yeah. I would I would it would have been again would have been a choice.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um um. I mean, you know, it's, it, you're thinking about kind of like the the the, the plot in that context as well. It, it 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 rattles through. I suppose my um, and I think I think, and I'm slightly nervous about this, you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say it anyway. Um, I, my I didn't like the film. <laughs> <laughs> and one one of the biggest issues I have with it is the fact that um notwithstanding that the plot rattles along invariably i'm actually all in favor of short films i think that you know 90 minutes is a pretty much perfect time for a film this is slightly shorter than that but that's fine but but the, the problem i have with it more than anything else is that for a comedy it's not funny enough yeah by a long stretch, to the extent that I I, I was I, I was watching this um on Saturday afternoon um so Robin had gone to sleep and I was like oh it's 79 minutes long I've got a bit time I watch watch this I did and I thought you know Saturday afternoon it's bit bit windy bit rainy outside nice and cosy inside perfect conditions to watch a uh, uh, a weekend at Crombie's film I thought I'll settle down I'll you know it's a comedy I'll enjoy this I don't think I laughed once if actually that's not true um i laughed at the um cloak of invisibility when he goes on to, to half down the blacks yeah. ship because i think that's quite a funny premise i think that's the best scene in the film i think that's the that, best that scene followed the by the battle is really good yeah it is yeah now did i laugh out loud at it no but i appreciate the fact that that's a, that's a comedic scene yeah actually and I, I i liked um i liked the the um uh the Sven the Berserk character yeah. uh, in, in the sense that he's a character that goes berserk at the wrong time you know <laughs> but again I like that as a, as a conceit Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it's funny through the film but as a conceit it's quite funny so what you, what you end up what you end up with is a series of vignettes or sketches I guess which are about five to ten minutes long
1: Yeah,
0: of which it is effectively a sketch with a joke in it and if that joke doesn't hit the mark yeah You don't have anything else a prime example of it is the um the the high brazil terry jones um uh king arnulf character who for me it's a bit lazy because terry jones in that character is playing terry jones as he's played terry jones in all the other monty python films (laughs) which is fine maybe that's what people go to eric the viking for it's a monty python universe type film but to be honest i've seen it done better in other films much better in other films. The music aspect of it, the fact that they can't sing or have any musical talent—I eh, mean, it, it's it's done well. Don't get me wrong, but what's the point? <laughs> There's no point of that other other than to other than to address the fact that they are perhaps idiosyncratic or uh, you know slightly odd bods, I yeah. guess, really. But you know, to be honest, they're slightly odd bods anyway. You don't need that added aspect of the, the kind of musicality. <coughs> um, well, I that, thought that's, the, that's Japanese the slave the, the, master yeah. was 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 cringing uh, cringeworthy yeah and actually i was kind of forgiving the film up until that point but when that scene came on and it's quite a long scene as well and it goes on and on and on and i was thinking well this isn't right the john cleese character of the 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 nice sounding terrible words again it's a funny concept but once it's been done once it doesn't need to be done anymore
1: yeah
0: and 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 if what it it was done funny in the
1: first place yeah um, it was repeated a few times. Actually, um, again, you mentioned again the high Brazilians. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I think there are a few points there. If you were to work, you know, if you were to work the script hard, you would say the Vikings are used to landing on places and looting and pillaging. They're in a situation where they can't do that. They've been placed where they're both being placed where they're being very annoyed by something because this music is hideous, and therefore they can't respond the way they'd want to. And they're also forced to be diplomatic. These were a lot of things that give you yeah. potential for comedy, and none of it is yes. there. There's a the, the lot of yeah.
0: comic gold in that.
1: Yeah, but the, the bit that all it is, is the king wants to sing, they're bad, the king starts crying. And, yeah. that's, and it's, it's a long time for that, whereas the fact there's a lot more things and you mentioned in terms of it's not funny again go back to uh, the previous year's f- review of another kind of you know sub um, orbital python thing Nuns on the Run oh, that, yeah. that though we said has many flaws I yeah. always felt that worked its script hard to milk every gag from every scene so you could it's constantly good. get a joke from it and this yeah doesn't do that um, partly I, you know, because I, I think I, it's, I,
0: I, yeah. I think I agree with you completely on that the, the difference between yeah. Nuns on the Run and Eric the Viking it's, it's, it's a really it's a really um, it's, a, it's a good point actually that in 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 79 minutes of eric the viking where the the script wasn't worked hard enough there's still a lot of chaff yeah and in nuns on the run which is like 92 minutes the script works hard and it's pretty much from start to finish exactly the scenes that you need to get it from a to b yeah it's nuts and bolts and it's flawed yeah but it's nevertheless it's it's workmanlike certainly but it gets to it gets to the point it needs to get to yeah. whereas with eric the viking despite only being 79 minutes long there are longers and there are um, tangents that go on and on that are totally unnecessary. I think the film could
1: probably have been about half an hour. Maybe. It's an episode of Horrible Histories. <laughs> well, I think that's a good point. The Horrible Histories now does movies are meant to be quite good. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think the the thing was this though is partly because yeah. it doesn't know where it sits. It's again, it's, it's we yeah. say it's a it's a comedy. If it was a comedy and they they knew that going on, like Nuns on the Run is nothing other than a comedy, so they throw the gags in there all the time. This is. And kind of a fantasy. That's a comedic twist. It's kind, twist. Of, a fantasy, it's kind yeah. of an adventure. It's kind of a funny thing. It's kind of a, a satire, but it's kind of serious. And it's all these things. And because it doesn't quite know where it fits, I think that actually is, is the 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 issue with the film. Is it's it's not I'm going to go through the films that it's similar to now in in the recommendation but it's not Krull, it's not Hawk the Slayer it's not Baron Munchausen it's not the Princess Bride it's around all those kind of things but it doesn't the cog doesn't quite slide into any of it perfectly
0: so so there's there's a um, there's one film you've mentioned in that which is uh, The Adventures of um, Baron von Munchausen which is which is a much better film, yeah. um, and actually that that that's a borderline weekend at Crombie's film because it was a critical, it was a commercial disaster. Was it very expensive film, and it was a criti- it was it was critically panned as well actually. That was
1: Gilliam, wasn't it, Terry Gilliam?
0: And that was Terry Gilliam, yeah. but I think that the, the 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 fantasy aspect of that is 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 better. Realised, and it's not a comedy. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Now, there are comedic elements in it, but it is not a comedy. Yeah. The, the 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 other film which I think Eric the Viking suffers by comparison with, and it's a problem. And I think what this is trying to do is emulate it. Is the Time Bandits. Oh, that's um, what
1: they mention, Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So and and for me, the Time Bandits is a very successful commercially and critically successful film, which is really effective. It's funny. It's a fantasy, and it ticks. It it rides the kind of wave of the early to mid 80s fascination with the kind of fantasy genre, you know, a bit like um, Red Sonja and Conan the Barbarian, yeah. but adding a bit of Python-esque type um, frolics and, and comedic aspect to it. And it, it, it clicks. And I'm not sure what the kind of, what the what the alchemy is in it necessarily. And I think that um, the, the Python team have, have, have tried again and again to replicate time bandits they did it with eric the viking they did it with, with uh, von, uh baron von munchausen and they tried it with yellow beard as well oh, yes. and i think i think only only munchausen works and even that didn't work commercially yeah so i think that i think time bandits actually has a lot to answer for <laughs> in in the following decade of python films because mm. all python films from time bandits onwards i like that
1: yeah yeah and Again, one of the reasons again I didn't mention why I picked this is I can do have a soft spot for those fantasy movies that were made. I do too, in, yeah, in a, in a I kind of pre Lord of the Rings, pre Game ah. of Thrones era. When e- excuse movies... my French, but they are they are shite. <laughs> but they are, though, aren't they? I mean, oh, oh yeah, yeah, they are, they are awful. Again, they are they were regarded as pulp B movies. It was yeah. what they were. And which is why, again, I, I do have a soft spot for watching that because yes. no one thought they were meant to be good, and so they they kind of just went off their little way with with sword and sorcery.
0: I completely agree with you. So they are they are the prime example of doing exactly what they say on the tin. Yeah. They, they, they 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 are not they're not good films, but they are films that you know exactly what you're getting getting into, and um you know. If, I mean I suppose Conan the Barbarian is probably the most successful of that genre but I, I would say that the you know Hawk the Slayer um, the Sword and the Sorcerer the um Returnia, the, the kind of the subcategories of those kind of films are also enjoyable hokum. Yeah. That that you can you can put them on you can zone out you can switch off and still be still be entertained. Yeah. Um and I think I think a film like Time Bandits which is a very different film don't get me wrong is a slightly more um, highfalutin in, intellectual endeavor cuz it's a python film effectively yeah. but it's, it's it's riffing on that kind of feel and it does it fantastically well but the others don't the other the other python films they just don't have that magic
1: yeah yeah and i think and yeah. I, don't know, I don't really know what it is maybe
0: it's maybe it's tight it, it becomes tight i mean by by the late 80s i don't think that the python kind of films were really they weren't audiences didn't want them
1: anymore yeah, I you mean know, well it, it, time moved on a bit. Well I'm again they're 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 nowhere again as sharp or acerbic as as the Python films that when they were all made by say so, mm. to go back to Eric the Viking. And it's um because you know, this was based, not, this was actually, this was not based on um, Terry Jones's children's book, Eric the Viking, the Saga Which of is the weird Viking, as well. Which is, right? is weird. Like, he wrote a children's book that had many of the same ventures. Eric goes to, to, to find the Homer's Ending and, and end Asgard. But yeah. it's a children's book. And yeah, it, it even says in the, the credits, this is not based on Terry James's book, brackets, but he'll still keep the royalties. Um, yeah. But why not just base it on the children's that's book? That's what I was thinking. It's a,
0: good it's a good children's story, right?
1: Yeah, because actually, when you cut out the, the violence and the rape jokes from this, it's a good family yeah. film. It's I mean like it's it's a, it's a romp. You have the you have your band of Vikings, they they fight they fight a dragon, they um, find the land of high Brazil, they beat the evil um guys in the black suits and then yeah. they wake the gods. It's like it it threads through and actually you know, given it's sword fighting and rousing music and this kind of stuff and big characters, you don't need Almost the the stuff that makes it a fifteen film because it's, it's a fifteen certificate film, and you can yeah. see why you know the the the, um, the some of the some of the jokes, some of the violence, some of the, the, the themes in it are too much for a kid to enjoy, but a kid yeah. would enjoy the other stuff. Oh, definitely, yeah,
0: absolutely, and I think it's a shame really because um, you'd you'd want I mean you, you, I could I could see a I don't know a, a, a seven or eight year old me quite enjoying Eric the Viking um, in its in its construction probably in the same way that i I think i think a a 10 year old me went to see the adventures of baron munchausen at the cinema
1: with
0: my with my mum, and i think she was a bit kind of surprised that i would go to the cinema to watch a film like that but that that is effectively it's a children's film but it's fantastical and eric the viking has it has the potential to be fantastical
1: but I it's will say, that, did you, yeah, Bravo for not just vanishing into your cinema chair when, during the uh, Uma Thurman appears as Aphrodite <laughs> from the water scene. Because yeah, that's well, when you don't want to watch with your mum.
0: It kept me going for a while. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and but Eric Viking has the potential to be fantastical, but it's kind of bogged down. It's bogged down in in its own kind of need to be a python film
1: that's what i was thinking what if it wasn't funny in the sense of you could have characters telling jokes and and being funny but not yeah. being a comedy not having that responsibility or that yeah. that requirement to to be always funny because it isn't always funny but you sense they expected it to be always funny what if yeah, it was just it, yes. yeah what if it was just a light fantasy adventure and actually so that would problem, work a lot better
0: that's exactly the problem in the sense that because it's because it's a Python film the expectation is that it's funny and it's really interesting you say that and maybe we'll come on to this in, in you know recommendations because there is a film that I think I mean it's a very different film to Eric the Viking but it's a film that is a I think it's a historical fantasy that is not a comedy but that doesn't need to be a comedy um, but we'll come on to that perhaps um, that, I, that I'd certainly recommend it as a kind of companion piece it's a, it's a, it's a much better film but anyway I suppose fundamentally the thing for me is that the, the the comedy the comedy um the comedy uh what's the word i'm looking for the kind of comedy um vehicle or process in eric the viking is is the anachronism right yeah and 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 once once you realize that that, that kind of deliberate anachronism is going to be the joke it it loses it yeah. so you know the idea that the oh these are vikings but um you know eric the viking he he doesn't like to rape and pillage like vikings he's more modern you know yeah. and the way that they talk and the way that they kind of work and with each other and with this kind of it's like this deliberate anachronism oh when,
1: yeah sh- when, when when harold the missionary is complaining no one became a christian in 14 years in the village and they go what about so-and-so's wife she became a buddhist that's not the same thing it,
0: it, exactly yeah you don't expect them to talk like that because they're anachronisms for the role yeah. that they're playing but then again, Once, again er-
1: eric isn't like you know inventing uh the combustion engine you know with his he apart from a few tweaks to his his sensibilities, they're all doing Viking stuff, and again, they don't even have like the horned helmets of comic Vikings. They're almost they're trying to be, they're trying to be all things. They're trying to be a, a proper fantasy romp, and at I the suppose, same time, but... they're trying to throw in gags that yeah we would be that kind yeah. of python esque nod to the nod to the camera.
0: But but when when they're trying to be Vikings. That that isn't the comedy, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. The comedy comes in when you get the anachronism. So half down the black is an anachronism. He is he's not how you would expect a a, a, a local warlord to behave. Yeah. yeah. Um. The, the 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 Japanese slave master is an anachronism because he's taking the modern tropes of of kind of racial stereo racial stereotyping and inverting them onto the Western audience, if yeah, that makes sense. But there's nothing more than that. Yeah. Yes. That's it, and it's like it's seventy nine minutes of the anachronism, and it's not that funny to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. I, uh, you know, I really liked when you described the idea that that the script doesn't work hard enough, and I don't think the script works anywhere near hard enough in Eric the Viking, and it, it it's actually it's 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 shameful in that regard because of the talent involved. Yeah, and there are films that I watch where I think to myself. This is a despicable film because it has some kind of moral ambiguity in it, which is problematic to me, and so on and so forth. But Eric the Viking is just disappointing. And that's equally
1: bad. <laughs> it's just disappointing. Yeah, I, it's, it's it's hard to argue with that. I'm not gonna to, to stand up and defend it because again, I uh, watching it even now, it's like yeah, I uh, I can I, you can see where the, the gaps are. You were waiting even because I was watching it um, again with uh, Ruiz and almost i knew what was coming up in terms of the jokes and was kind of mm. waiting for the laugh thought no these these don't deserve laughs. <laughs>, I <will> say, laughs i will say in a few moments though to defend it um and again it, it doesn't work hard enough there are a few character notes and i'm, I'm mostly pitching around the battle with half down which i think is, is the high point of the movie but yeah, the big sword fight on the boat there's a couple of things firstly was that little nod from sven's dad and suddenly he thought oh that was actually yeah. quite a nice moment he, they, they didn't need to do that but yeah. he suddenly like, he just gives a kind of a that's my boy look yeah. um and another really unnoted point is um the John Gordon Sinclair character, who's the the ship's drummer and is a terrible coward amongst the Vikings, he he kind of finds <coughs> his courage in the battle, but gets killed because all he's armed with his drumsticks. Um, in in the kind of the aftermath when they're saying goodbye to their dead, the the Harold the Missionary just subtly slips a sword under his hand, under the John Gordon Sinclair's dead hand. So um so he will get uh, yeah, so we'll yeah, get yeah. to Valhalla. I thought oh that was you know even though he was a Christian and doesn't believe in it, he wanted to do right by him. I thought well, that was a that was an uh, again. A hundred more touches like that in yeah. a movie would be but, good, look, but, it, but it mostly but, wasn't that.
0: And, and, and what's interesting is that the way that you describe it
1: yeah.
0: makes it sound better than it is watching it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Though? So oh. you've, you've described a number of different scenes there of which have a lot of comic potential and a lot of kind of melancholy as well. And which you think if you describe the film to think, "Oh, that sounds like a really good film but when you watch it it's not it doesn't just it just doesn't quite click
1: yeah it just
0: doesn't quite click um i know that we've we've spoken about some films are, are there any particular films that you would recommend either as companion pieces or alternatives to eric the viking
1: again i think um you're looking at krull hawk the slayer um conan the barbarian red sonja conan the destroyer uh it's it's that kind of sword and sorcery um, what else is there? Again, Princess Bride is not really quite of that ilk. Okay, these yep. are all these are all films that almost found their niche better. But if you like, if you, if you want to see films that do that eighties fantasy epics, man adventure better than this one, I'd look at those.
0: Yeah. I- I'd, I'd, I'd agree with all of those. I'll throw in, an, I'll throw in a bit of a, a, a left field one as well. So I was thinking about Eric the Viking. I was thinking, what, what is a, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a story about a voyage, about uh, uh, kind of going into kind of unknown territory, about the extremities of the kind of environment that they're, 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 they're going into. And the film that kept popping into my head was Aguirre Wrath of God. And, <laughs> don't get me, don't get me wrong it is it is a totally different film to Eric the <laughs> you don't say <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it, it was it was and it popped into my head again when you were describing Eric the Viking if Eric the Viking wasn't the comedy
1: yeah
0: and was a fantasy journey. I think you've effectively got something like Aguirre Wrath of God, which is about the conquistadors, obviously, in the 15th century, and about this particular group of conquistadors who are journeying into the Amazonian jungle. And it's a kind of like, it's a a bit of a trip, really, both literally and figuratively as well. in in the sense that it's the story of how they how they deal with the the kind of the the, the 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 alien environment that they're in and it's it's an interesting film because it's kind of very famously directed by Werner Herzog yeah. who at the time in, in in the kind of late 70s and early 80s when he was making films like Aguirre Wrath of God and Fitzcarraldo would instead of building sets to film these films would actually go to deepest, darkest Amazonia. Yeah. Um,
1: and so half the cast who were sweating have malaria <laughs> whilst they're
0: this, doing with, it. Yeah, with a cast of like 600 people yeah. and make the film um, and have them wear authentic medieval armoury, etc., etc. And you know, it's so all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff 50% as well. percent attrition um, rate of the crew and cast as they go off. <laughs> yeah, Well, it's interesting because... Um, and again, much like the Terry Jones aesthetic of something like Eric the Viking or Jabberwocky, which has this really grubby feel to it, Herzog's films, particularly Aguirre, uh, Wrath of God, have that grubby feel to it because they're there. Yeah. It is grubby. It yeah. is filthy. It is that kind of grim, real kind of version. So so for me personally, I feel like cleansing the palate of Eric the Viking with Aguirre, Wrath of God, <laughs> which is a great film.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's... That's that's interesting one, yeah, uh, yeah. I I suppose there's the other thing is it's before the age of practical effects or before the age of special effects. So you had to do practical effects. So at least they you know they're having a go. If there's, someone says I want a, I want a dragon to attack the boat and the boat to be sneezed out into the middle of the ocean, uh, there's, yeah. someone's got to work that out.
0: They do, and uh, the the dragon attack on the boat is impressive. Yeah. In mm. in its when you first glimpse it, you think, oh, this is going to be good because you think it's the sun, didn't you? But it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. the kind of it's it's the, it's the eye or the 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 kind of the like the angle ang- it's, it's it's like like ang- 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 Yeah, sure. that's what it is. It's like the anchor, Yeah. And you think, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But then when when the actual when the actual dragon is shown in a bit more kind of explicit nature, you, you realise the limitation of the budget, perhaps. <laughs> 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 but yeah. So, so there we there's... are. And anything else about about Eric the Viking?
1: I don't think so. I think again, if we get you can. Wrap it up quite efficiently. It's a, it it is what it is. I think um, there's there's bits of things in it, but even even the, even the reduced version is still not tight enough.
0: <laughs> I do I do think it's uh, you know I, I I I yeah I think it's a a horrible histories episode <laughs> to be honest.
1: I think with the, I think with a different lead and a, and a a good rewrite, there's a good movie in there. <laughs>
0: yes I agree but that and 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 unfortunately that is a different movie though isn't it that's yes. the problem yeah
1: um I just, right. yeah but yeah so well join us I think uh, yeah. you may have some ideas but what we'll be scoring this but join us in uh, after the break to find out what we're learning and more importantly what James has us watching for next month crikey
0: welcome back dear listener it's the final part um, of uh, episode three of volume no it's episode two of volume three isn't it I always get <laughs> numbers muddled up numbers and months Hugh Ooh, I struggle with numbers and months um, it's volume three episode two of Week and we have been in deep discussion about Eric the Viking um, as tradition befits this is where we score the films um, and um, Hugh uh, as it's your film choice would you please do us the honours and give us the scores on the doors?
1: Scores from Eric the Viking out of five floating crombie heads, I think even this score is probably a little bit touched by nostalgia. I'm giving it two floating crombie heads. <laughs> um, and that's... I, I think because... Uh, because it's not awful. It's not unspeakable. It's just a letdown. The, the, you know, it's, it's it's got that fantasy film with the rousing score and a, a good sword fight or two and some decent secondary characters. And... I don't know. It tried. It's, 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 you don't get many Viking adventure films. Um, so, yeah. I think... What do you mean? There's a whole Marvel Universe about... <laughs> universe! Yeah, this, this, this predates the Universe by... It, 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 um, it's... Uh, again, it's... it's it's, a, it's It tries to be a romp. It tries to be a romp and it, it tries to do too many things and doesn't really try hard enough at any of them. But, that said, it wasn't an unpleasant um, sort of 79 minutes. You did feel... When it ends, is like well, that's it then. Um, but I, I couldn't give it a one. I didn't. I didn't leave. You know, wanted to claw my own skin off. <laughs> which, <laughs> which you know, you put that on the poster. <laughs> you will not leave. Wanted to claw your own skin off. I think it's two floated grumpy heads. Um, I may be tinged by nostalgia. I think there are better films in Terry Jones's oeuvre. Um, but there you have it.
0: Very interesting. So I, 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 um, I didn't. Um, finish the film wanting to claw my skin off either. There we go <laughs> well, look, I, I don't think I've ever watched a film where I've wanted to claw my skin off. Really? Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to give it one disembodied crombie head though <laughs> um, and so I am going to give it one disembodied crombie head just to be clear <laughs> <laughs> and um, for me I think that the, the the best way I can sum it up is that I would have rather watched an episode of Maid Marion and Her Merry Men um, oh, well,
1: Who wouldn't? <laughs> did you, did, you, did that make any sense? <laughs> You'd rather watch an episode of Men, Men, Men with your skin still on.
0: Yeah, with my skin still on. I suppose part of the issue is is that it's a um. I just didn't find it funny, and that's a that's criminal, really, when you've got the talent that's involved in that. I found it yeah. very disappointing. And yeah. seventy nine minutes. Um, I I looked at the the clock, <clears throat> the clock about um halfway through, knowing that it was seventy nine minutes long, and I thought, how is how am I going to sit through another forty, 40 minutes of this?
1: <laughs> really, if you're looking at the clock on a seventy-nine minute film, then that's yeah, a problem. It is a little bit. Um, but I mean, <clears throat> and
0: I was toying between one and two disembodied crummy heads. I've got to say because I was, I was thinking, well, actually, that is one fair because you know it's not, it's not morally repugnant or anything like that. And that they are re- the ones are really reserved for stuff like that, like muses, for example. <laughs> which was but um, but then I thought, well, okay. Let me let me list some of the other two disembodied Crombie head films that we've watched. The Bounty. It's not as good as The Bounty. The Bounty? Well, for me anyway. For you gave me. The
1: Bounty two Crombie heads. I
0: gave The Bounty two disembodied Crombie heads, yeah. It's not as good as The Bounty. Carrie, um, Maggie Philbin. <laughs> I gave that to because <laughs> it's not you? as good as that. It's, I don't even think it's as good as that. No,
1: it's not as good as Maggie Philbin, no. <laughs>
0: um, and so, therefore, I can't give it two. I've got to give it one and just acknowledge that it's not a terrible film. It just didn't do it for me, and it, 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 it yeah, it's not a terrible film. It just it, there was nothing in it for me.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Mm.
1: Right then, but what we'll be watching next month? Keep us in suspense no longer.
0: Well, um, next month, which is March, um, I'm going to just get straight onto it. It's Terror on the Britannic. Ooh. Terror on the Britannic, 1974 disaster hostage film. Ooh. There we go. Do you know who's in it? Go on. Anthony Hopkins.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Marvellous. So we'll be discussing that <laughs> in March. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not even i am not even sure if it's called Terror on the Britannic, actually. Okay,
1: that'll make it um, hard to It watch. might be called Juggernaut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'll, tell you what, I'll I'll watch but, all but, the movies and you let I'm me. I'm going I'm
0: going with Terror on the Britannic because that sounds better.
1: Terror on the Britannic. So it's this is like um when Bill Murray did Scrooge again, they go, Bill Murray's back among the ghosts and they'd like Anthony <laughs> Hopkins is back at sea. Well see, you know, we
0: we we'll we'll go I'm talking about next month's now. We'll go into it in a bit more, but we've not had a disaster movie yet. We and um we've this is one of his disaster movies. movies. This is one of those disaster movies that has a uh, um uh, a cast list as long as your arm. Um, and it does include Freddie Jones as well, so there we are.
1: Splendid. I look forward to, to it. Two in a row. There we go. <laughs> Let's hope he becomes a friend of the cast. <laughs> And without, I think we're done, aren't we? I think we're done. We uh, we we got through it briskly, but we still took longer than it would take to actually watch the movie. But given the scores we've given it, perhaps we are marginally more entertaining. Indeed. indeed. I think, in fairness, unlike the movie, we could do no better. <laughs> you know, that's true. <laughs> this is as good as it gets from us. Whereas the the uh, the fine talent in Eric, the Viking could have improved on it.
0: In many ways, that's that's a good thing then, isn't it? For 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 um well, not for Terry James, he's dead. He can't improve, can he? He can't go back, he can't re-edit it again. He's the 35 minute version of Eric the Viking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: And with that, rest in peace Terry Jones. uh, And for the rest of you, we wish you a very happy weekend at Crombies. Good evening all. Weekend at Crombies. Oh dear.
0: Right what, what do we do now?